Before we get started, I do want to remind everybody that this podcast is brought to you by Tweaked Audio. Tweaked Audio is your source for affordable headphones, quality headphones that you can use to listen to our podcast. If you head over to the website, there is a banner at the top of the page that will take you directly to tweakedaudio.com where you can check out their selection of headphones. You will, by entering in the promo code TBU saves, you will get 33% off your entire order plus free worldwide shipping. So if you're looking for new headphones, help yourself out by buying a pair from Tweaked Audio because you're also helping the, the Batman universe out as well. Welcome to the Batman Universe podcast, episode number 90. I am your host, Dustin, and today I have with me... This is John. And this is Ed. And Ed is joining us. He is guest hosting this episode specifically because Melinda is unable to be here at this time, but never fear, she will return. We are here to cover the movie, TV, merchandise, video game, and general news from the month of September. We have a little bit of news here and there scattered, but the majority of stuff is related to Beware the Batman and a couple of other just smaller news bits, but will hopefully gain some more attention. Also, there's a decent chunk of Batman Arkham Origins news because the game is going to be coming out this month in October. So we'll get straight into the news with movie news. It's over, Darkseid. Even you must realize the folly of being a king without a kingdom. I doubt the battle between the two Kryptonians will bring about such destruction. I'm not talking about them. Your armory... The Hellspores. They've been activated. Impossible. The arming code is encrypted. I broke the code and reprogrammed them. <laughs> You're bluffing. Omega Lambda 7 XL9. That sounds like a bluff to you. The very first thing we've got is on September 4th, Latino Review posted up a rumor saying that possibly Batman Bruce Wayne could have a love interest in the upcoming sequel to Man of Steel. There's a supposed casting call that was sent to various talent agencies, and they are looking for a female in her late 20s of any race. Not only that, but she also has to be tall and possess physicality, and of course she has to be a good actress. So this is obviously just a rumor at this point, but that is something that is kind of interesting, that despite the fact that it is a Man of Steel sequel, that Batman could have a love interest, which means it'll be a little bit more than just Batman in the mask. I'm not surprised that there's going to be a love interest for Batman. I I still do question how big that role's going to be. I think it might kind of be much more appearing uh, alongside Bruce Wayne at functions and that kind of thing. I don't think that there's going to be kind of any great in-depth kind of exploration about Batman and I think if they go down that route then it's going to be a mistake for what is a Superman film yeah I, I, I kind of agree with John there and in fact I would have been honestly I'd have been more shocked if there wasn't some type of at least 
arm candy type person for Bruce Wayne in the movie because you know you don't get a superhero movie now without some kind of love interest it seems so this is not really that surprising all right and then moving on september 9th josh brolin actually confirmed that he wasn't one point he did have talks with Zack snyder and he knew about what was actually going to be happening in the film but they turned out that they had a different idea and that's what they had but he said he's happy for ben so the rumors that we heard before about josh brolin they were true he was in talks at some point Moving straight into the next one, also on September 19th, Jennifer Garner was promoting her new movie, Dallas Buyers Club, and she talked about her husband playing Batman. She thought that he's going to do a good job. I'm not going to get too much into that. Uh, You can check out the website, and there actually is a video of her talking with MTV News about this. It's kind of an awkward interview, so that's why I'm not really going to dive into it. September 10th is announced that Larry Fong will be the cinematographer on the Man of Steel sequel. He's previously worked with Zack Snyder on 300, Watchmen, and Sucker Punch, and he announced through updating his resume through the Worldwide Production Agency that he's going to be on the Man of Steel sequel, so he'll be working with Zack Snyder on that. Next up on... September 12th, Warner Brothers CEO talks Ben Affleck as Batman. During a press event that he was at, he said that Ben Affleck's Batman will be tired and weary and seasoned and been doing it for a while. The choice of Affleck has troubled some Batman fans, but he said that he's he's perfect for what Zack Snyder's trying to do. He said, we think it's going to be huge. We think it's the perfect springboard for Batman and Superman, he added. Ben is perfect for the vision Zack has for that character. The fact that you saw such a passionate response in the blog sphere is a really kind of testament for the love that people have for this character. He also mentioned that there's going to be some more upcoming announcements from Warner Brothers regarding DC characters, but did not specify whether it be television or movie announcements. Now, related to some of those announcements, we'll actually get into a couple of those in a little bit when we get into TV news. But obviously the whole idea here is that Ben Affleck is, you know, he's going to be Batman. There's no doubt about it. Warner Brothers got behind it. And and then later, over on September 17th, Affleck himself finally commented about being Batman because he was on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. And Jimmy Fallon asked him about Batman. We're going to play a clip real quick from that interview, and you can hear for yourself what he had to say. Uh, but they got to be psyched, because Daddy's going to be Batman now. That, yeah. I mean, every kid should see their dad. Dad should be a superhero. It's so oh my awesome, goodness. man. I'm so excited. It was like, it called me up and said, do you want to do this? And I thought, what? You know, I'm like 25, man. Are you, what, are you sure about this? They come down, we want to show you what we're doing. And uh, it was... It was incredible. Zach was director. Zach Snyder's directing it. Zach he's this incredible oh, yeah. oh, take on it. That's like obviously you can't do what Chris and Christian did. Those movies are amazing, and so he wants to do something different, but still in keeping with with that. And so I had the like, I thought I, I, this is a brilliant way to do this, and I really know how to hook into this. And I, I said, okay, I want to do it. And the people from the studio were like, we're thrilled, we're so excited, and da da da. We arranged it, and I said, listen, we want to talk to you because people go through this process and it's a little bit you know it can be trying i said what do you mean so we want to show you some of the like reactions that past cast members people who've been cast have gotten like on the internet stuff. i was like really and so they send me like oh when you know 
I wouldn't even say who they were. People who were in these movies who did a great job. Yeah. And the people, you but know, these things were like, kill him! You know, <laughs> kill him! No, you, this means amazing. a lot. <laughs> After the movie, you <laughs> like, you go, oh, that was a great choice. Yeah, it's like, before, who, like you can't say it before the movie comes out. I mean, how much, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter what people think then. It matters what you think when you see the movie, obviously. <laughs> but I was like, I'm a big boy. You know what I mean? I don't need to... Yeah, I, uh, handle I, I could handle criticism. that Emmy snub. Yeah. I can handle anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll let you borrow it. I'll let you borrow it. So I, I went on the... I said, just don't use the internet for a couple of days. And I said, I don't... This is not... I, I handle... I'm tired. I'm tough. Yeah, I'm very tough. Boston, so yeah. they, I saw the announcement. I look on this thing. I look down the first comment. Yeah. It's like, Ben Affleck's going to be Batman. The first one just goes... <laughs> Get on the internet, all right? Let's throw out the computers for a week. Get on it like You're gonna be stuff. luddites for a while, uh, yeah. kids. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go to Comic Con, right? And that's when you do it up. I mean, that's where you can get all the fans right there. Yeah, I mean, part of it is like when you see the materials and you see the take. It's a very hard thing to describe without giving away, away the story the and giving away what it is. Um, but it's, it's. I, I really feel like you know, I have the, I have a lot of opportunities now, which is really great. And um, I think you're gonna so be come great. and go. And this is, this is something that's really exciting. We're rooting for you here. All right, so that was that. So obviously, Affleck is looking forward to it. The one thing that I do want to talk about very briefly is he did make a remark, and it's really hard to hear exactly what he said in the clip just because it's kind of jumbled up, but he says, I really feel like I have a lot of opportunities now, which is great. Now, it's hard to... It's hard to say, but right around the 405 mark of this video, and we have the video on the website for you guys to check out if you're interested, but he says, either some come and go or this will come and go. Meaning that other Batman films will obviously are part of his contract or that maybe Warner Brothers gave him some sort of deal to produce some other films that are completely unrelated due to the fact that he'll be Batman. It's, It's interesting nonetheless because... He seems like he's really interested in being Batman, and the fact that he does say that he feels like he has a lot of opportunities now, I don't know if that's directly because maybe he does have a lot of other projects lined up with Warner Brothers because he's going to be doing this role, or if it's because he's going to be playing Batman for possibly the next, you know, 10 years. I think it's, I think it's probably much more that this is going to expand his opportunities. Coming off the back of the Nolan trilogy... Everybody's talking about Batman. This is kind of when it comes out, you know, there's going to be comparisons. It's going to be big press launch. You know, it's DC's two biggest characters coming together. And I think by playing those characters, both Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill are going to have a lot more opportunities come their way, especially if these films are as good as everybody wants them to be. And I think that's probably what he's referring to it's it there is no doubt that he's going to have more batman films in his con contract i think the standard is about three they, they tie them up for three films anyway it's why johnny depp's been press ganged into doing all of those awful pirates of the caribbean sequels so i i wouldn't be surprised if we did see more ben affleck batman at all and and sort of as a side note i think the way that he's handled all of the criticism as well and some of it has been really vitriolic. It, it you know shows real professionalism on his part. Yeah, and he may have been referring to the, what may come and go. Maybe just the fan criticism, because the reality is, is the, the easiest way for him to make the fan criticism totally go away is just do a good performance. 
you know, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, think about it. If, if he goes out there and he does a really good job, there's not going to be much anybody can say about it. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be that vocal minority section of the Internet that will talk about how he's awful no matter how good he is. But maybe he was he was talking about fan reaction. Um, and I'm sure, too, like John said, there, it would be I would be far more shocked if Ben Affleck was a one-and-done Batman than if he was on for three or four movies, including the possibility of a Justice League and a Batman solo movie. So, yeah, one, one would have to believe that he's going to be around for more than one movie. So that is actually all the movie news we have. If you head over to the website, we do have some, the, some of the items we just talked about. There are videos attached to them. You can check out, you can check out the full-length interview that Jimmy Fallon did with Ben Affleck. We included all of the Batman talk in this podcast, but you can check out the full clip. Ben Affleck has got a movie coming out called Runner Runner, and we might be seeing a little bit more talk about Batman in the coming month just because he'll be promoting that film. So that's going to get us straight into TV news. If the explosion disrupts anything inside the vault, you'll be dead before the smoke clears. Batman, you should worry less about what's behind that door and more about what's in front of it. Before we get into episodes of Beware the Batman that aired, I want to talk about a couple of different of the announcements that happened regarding some future DC TV shows. So, first off, we already know that Arrow is currently airing on the CW, and it was announced, I want to say it was probably back in August, that this season of Arrow, there's going to be a couple episodes where Barry Allen who will eventually become The Flash, will appear, and they're going to do a backdoor pilot as part of an episode of Arrow where basically they could possibly launch a Flash series that will possibly air next year. Outside of that, it was also just announced that NBC has won some rights to a Constantine TV show. That just happened. And but the the biggest news, obviously, of all of these announcements, was the uh, was on J- September twenty fourth. It was announced that Fox actually won a bidding war for a TV show based based on the life of Jim Gordon before Batman comes to Gotham City. Now, obviously, this is going to be a live action show. The show will be called Gotham. It is going to be helmed by Roman mentalist creator Bruno Heller. Uh, we have no time or date as far as when the series will come or, or who will be starring on the series, but it was made very adamant that this is not going to be a Batman show. This is going to be a Gotham City show with following Gordon in his early days as a detective and will feature villains that made Gotham what it is today. This is taking place many, many years possibly before Bruce Dawn's The Cape and Cowl. I can't stress that enough. This isn't going to be a Batman show. This is going to be a, a Jim Gordon show. So... I personally think that this is a really cool idea if they were to take, and I've said this numerous times in the past when we've talked about possible TV shows for Batman, one of the ones I always thought would be really cool would be a show that follows Bruce as he does his training. But I, we talk, when we talked about this in the past here on this podcast, one of the things I made a point was the only one that would actually probably work on would be HBO because all of the other networks would get too serialized. But this show, on the other hand, this was another one that I said that we could do where it follows the GCPD. And more specifically, following, you could, you could pull episodes straight from the entire run of Gotham Central. And there's some really interesting stories that have very little to do with Batman whatsoever and completely focus on 
the GCPD and Jim Gordon. So I, I'm looking forward to this at this point. Obviously, there's not a whole lot of information to go off of. The TV show Rome, which aired on HBO, which was created by the same guy who's going to be helming this show, I did enjoy Rome, at least for the first uh, season and a half. But uh, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm a massive fan of Rome. I think it, it, it was a great series. and I'm always disappointed that it didn't carry on past the second series. However, on this, I'm not too sure whether I'm going, whether I'm, I'm actually that excited about it. This, to me, kind of smacks of DC kind of trying to do a Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's set up so that it's following separate characters. It's isolated. It makes reference to other, obviously other uh, other groups in there, but they're isolated and they're off dealing with villains and trying to sort the world out. And I just kind of think this is going to be the same, but in my opinion, probably less interesting. I mean, maybe they'll pull in like elements from CSI and things like that and make it a bit more of a detective show, but then. I can't say that really makes me want to watch it, makes me think, oh, do you know what? I can't wait for this series to be released. It just it just feels like it's kind of just been an idea that they've thrown together. Yes, Gotham Central, there are storylines that you could take from that, and I think there are some great stories in Gotham Central. And it was a really interesting series, but I think the fact that they're also setting it before Batman as well, just makes it seem like it's going to be a run-of-the-mill detective series, but set in Gotham, which I kind of find quite boring. What I'd like to see is, if they're going to do it, maybe move it so that Batman's around, and it's there's sort of references to Batman's presence, but it doesn't focus on them, and it's them sort of dealing with all the other crime bits. Um, because if you start introducing supervillains, then you kind of go, well... If Gotham PD can deal with the supervillains, what's the point of Batman being there? And if there are no supervillains, it's just a crime show. I, I'm going to be honest, unless this is amazing, I'm not going to bother watching it. See, I take a little bit of a different angle on this one. I, I think that this could be interesting. I think that they do have to stay away from the supervillains because what I kind of imagine this show to be, and again, we don't really have any real concrete information. This is just us kind of thinking out loud is just more of a detective show that's going to follow... I'm assuming Jim Gordon's going to be younger in it. He won't be a commissioner, probably a lieutenant. And for some reason, I can't get it out of my head, the idea that what we'll see probably in the very first episode is the murder of the Waynes. And maybe that will be something that kind of runs through the first season or so, is him trying to investigate the murder of the Waynes and, and the case that he won't solve. So I am, I am looking forward to it. Again, I don't, I don't want Clayface to show up. And in fact, I don't want any of the Batman villains to show up. I mean... I thought about it, and I thought maybe there's some here or there that, that could show up, but I think that this is going to be more of a detective show. And if it's if it focuses on a really good characterization of Jim Gordon, including not just Jim, but his family, his daughter, his you know James Jr., his lunatic son, Barbara, the writer daughter, the, the, the mother running away, I think if it if it focuses not just on being a crime show, being a CSI type show, and focuses on us getting to see a true show that centers around Jim Gordon, his personal life, and his work life, then I think that's something that would be cool to watch. I think it's completely okay to involve some of the lower, super low-level supervillains. And I'm not even talking on supervillains. I'm just talking 
Batman's Rogues Gallery, where you could like include like Mister Zaz, you could include Great White Shark, you could buy, you could include Tobias Whale. Some of these ones that don't actually have powers, because once you get into the powers aspect, then you you've got some issues, and then you've also got this problem where, well, if these characters exist before Batman exists, then how does that really work out? Then it seems like Batman. The only reason why Batman came to Gotham was because, or is is in Gotham, is because there's all these villains that already exist. Now there's there's plenty of villains that are part of Batman's Rogues Gallery that have you know that are much lower level. I'm talking like not A list, not B list characters. I'm talking like C list and so forth and so on down. Just because those characters they could exist before Batman. Like Zaz could easily exist before Batman. You know, you could you could have the, all the gangsters, like the Falcones and stuff like that. They could completely exist before Batman comes, as we know they he as we know they did. So that's the thing. You know, it's fine if you want to include some characters here and there, but I honestly, I just don't want it to turn into Smallville's Freak of the Week because that would get annoying. You know, I'm all for them using you know actual characters from the comics. But I don't want it to turn into, let's just have one random character from Batman's rogues gallery that shows up every episode. Because that would that would just be a disservice to the characters. I really think for some reason that they're not going to have any of the villains. And I just think it's going to be a grounded, grounded show. And I don't have any reason why I think that, except that I do. I think that's the only way I, they could go. But then you do run into that big issue that this just becomes another detective cop program with sort of tacked on emotional storyline and i don't think that's for me exciting enough to generate any kind of enthusiasm for it well we know ratings on some of these shows they choose otherwise and that's why they keep making cop shows left and right they release at least uh two new cop shows every single year on the various networks some of them last some of them don't but uh you know as long as it's done right I don't have a problem with it. You know, thinking about some of the possibilities of some of the dramas that are currently on Fox, there's not a whole lot to compare it to because Fox is not does not have a ton of drama. The majority of shows that they have are half-hour-long shows and are sitcoms or they have the whole animation block that they have on Sunday nights. There's only a couple shows here and there that they have that are hour-long dramas and... No, no, that's not to say they can't do that. I'm not saying they can't, but it's hard to compare it to anything that they even remotely close to have. Like, CW would be a, a very, very different network to have a Batman show on. Arrow seems to be working, but they still have all this love triangle stuff that happens that the, the exact same type of stuff happened on Smallville. So we'll, we'll just wait and see for right now. Alright, so that's going to get us into the Beware of the Batman episodes that aired. There's a bunch of episodes that have aired in the month of uh, September. All four Saturdays in the month of September have aired a new episode. Starting on September 7th, the episode Family was... With the League of Assassins knowing where the Soul Taker sword is, but unable to get Katana to return it, they decide their only course of action is to kidnap Bruce Wayne and hold him for ransom. That ransom being the sword, of course, they don't realize that Bruce Wayne is actually Batman. When Katana shows up to turn over the sword and rescue Wayne, Alfred causes diversion, allowing Wayne to don the Batman suit and join the battle. Teaming with Katana to end the League, Batman finds himself in an all-out ninja fight that ends with a startling revelation. 
And that revelation was him revealing to Katana that Bruce Wayne is Batman. So what do we think of this episode? Again, uh, the same criticism that I had for some of the episodes last week, that the description makes it sound much more exciting than it actually was. I thought some of the bits, there were some nice bits in this episode. I especially liked the, the Soul Taker sword and the use of it. I thought that was some really nice special effects. I think it could have been a little bit darker, but essentially this was Batman beats up a bunch of ninjas, um, and it, it, it didn't really hold my attention. It wasn't that exciting at any point. And the big reveal at the end where Batman is revealed to be Bruce Wayne to Katana was such an anticlimax. I mean, they could have made something really interesting and spectacular with that scene and for me they they didn't they just they kind of just it flopped really badly and i kind of see what they were going for but they never really made it and it it was just that that made it that much more disappointing in this episode for me anyway this was i i I will say this i think that the the story for me and beware the bat has been getting better Almost every week, there's been some clunkers, but I think that it's it's definitely getting a firmer, you know, foothold moving forward. I did like the fact that this episode we had Lady Shiva in it, and I quite like her costume in, in, in this uh, in this get up. It seemed like the whole point of this episode was to introduce Lady Shiva, and then of course do the big reveal at the end. And I can understand where John's coming from the anticlimactic feel of it. And I think that sometimes though it's difficult. Like anytime you're revealing something that is supposed to be a big wow moment, and we already know it, like. No one watching didn't know Bruce Wayne was Batman, you, you know. So I think those kind of situations can always be a, a bit difficult. But this one didn't really stand out as being a really bad episode, but I think it kind of served its purpose and kind of moved us along to the next one. And actually, I, I thought this episode, it wasn't horrible, but the the thing I'm starting to realize is that, you know, this show, be, it is extremely serialized. It's, you know, the show is taking things, bits of the story from the last episode and carrying on to the next episode, which I find is that that's completely fine. That's a different take that we really haven't seen that much with a lot of these shows. So the thing is, that's fine, but I feel like outside of the small story elements of the continuing story throughout the entire series, there's not a whole lot happening in each individual episode. With this episode... As John said, it was just the giant ninja fight. That's all it was. It was a ninja fight for about 15 minutes of the 22-minute episode, and the other 7 minutes was the stuff pertaining to the story to carry on. It's not that I didn't like the episode, but one of the things that I have a real hard time with is, you know, I've talked about the animation multiple times. One of the things I've realized is that, for some reason, a lot of these places that the scenes take place in, they're in very, very large rooms. Obviously, this was supposed to be the Argus meeting area where they all get together and they all meet, which is fine. But it's just one giant empty room, which is great for when you have a bunch of ninjas and you're trying to have a ninja fight. But realistically, how many places do you actually walk into and it's just one ginormous empty room? That doesn't happen very often, and I've noticed that on a lot of these different episodes where they will have these large rooms that have little to nothing in them, or they'll have, like, a table on the side, where if you compare it to normal animation, you'd see the ninjas being thrown into furniture and things like that that you don't really see in in this. I don't know the reason behind it, but it is what it is. All right, so the next episode 
aired on September 14th. It was called Allies. Tobias Whale is the most powerful gangster in Gotham City, and after years of trying, Batman just got the evidence to put him away, but Whale is not going to be harpooned easily. After his lawyer tells Lieutenant Gordon to free Whale or else, the gangster has Barbara Gordon kidnapped and held in the cauldron, the most dangerous part of Gotham. Even the cops are afraid of this place, but not Batman. With Alfred and Katana's help, they stage a raid on the cauldron, which is populated by a frightening group of thugs called the Ghosts. As it turns out, the Ghosts aren't the most fearsome threat. Barbara Gordon is being guarded by a dangerous figure with a flaming head who calls himself Phosphorus Rex. What did we think of this episode? I thought this was... Um, a step up. I thought it was out of the four episodes. It's been the be- it's the best one for me. It was nice to see sort of the consequences and also the reach of a lot of the the criminal gangs. The fact that Tobias Well can still be in prison and still have somebody kidnapped shows, you know, gives an idea of how powerful they are and that actually, you know, Gotham is is facing quite a big struggle with these kind of groups and to try and, and, and root them all out is, is going to be something that's going to take a long time and it's going to be a major, major project. And it was nice to sort of see the consequences as well of, of Jim Gordon's sort of tactics and, and desire to do policing and, and be part of the... and sort of play it by the book. But at the same time as well, you sort of develop in his character in that he's starting to feel that he needs Batman and the there is opportunities for them to work together through it. And, and also as well, you got the introduction of the bat signal, which I think was, you know, it's something that we all was quite nicely done and, and how they introduced that as well, I thought was, was actually well thought out. Also as well, it was nice to see the beginnings of Batman and Quintana's relationship that they're not, you know, straight off working well together and working with partnership and that it's going to take time to develop and they've got different ideas and that Batman doesn't fully trust Katana. I did think it was interesting, though, the one thing I did pick up on it was that the bike that she rides looking looks incredibly a lot like the bike that Tim Drake has in some of the comics um, that he rides around on. I thought that was interesting. And part of me just kind of wish that Katana was, in fact, Robin, but I think it's working and I liked their relationship and I think, actually having katana there is is kind of a new dynamic and it's making it a little bit different and it's it's sort of twisting it around which i thought was quite nice and i did enjoy this episode a lot yeah i I would i would probably agree with john that this is definitely the you know two out of the four there's two that i think are better and this is definitely one of them i like any time we get Jim Gordon and Barbara Gordon and we get kind of more characters from from the the sandbox brought in. I, I do think that you know this episode was nice to see you know the first mission between Batman and his new partner and there's you know there was some more humor in this episode which was which was funny at the beginning with Katana in the um I don't know the giant uh, sumo suit for lack of a better term that you know you see that Batman wants to keep her protected. But I, I like this episode. The the flamethrower phosphorus rex was was kind of anticlimactic. I mean, this was really a character piece for me between Katana and Batman. And then, of course, the relationship between Batman and, and Jim Gordon, which we knew had to, to kind of progress along. And I think this was a good way to do it, to put to put Barbara in danger. Plus, we kind of see a little bit in this episode that this is a Barbara Gordon that could become Batgirl. 
you know, because of her, her fascination with Batman and what she's now seen him and, and Katana do and, and the fact that Katana's a girl just like she is. So, no, I think that this was a, this was a really well done episode. I like this one quite a bit. I actually I like this episode, too. It wasn't bad. It set up a lot of different things. The, the, the one thing that I thought was kind of interesting is the, the inclusion of Phosphorus Rex, which those of you who don't know, he's actually part of the Circus of Strange, which was another... The same characters, Professor Pig and Mr. Toad, those characters were also part of the Circus of Strange that Grant Morrison created. So it was interesting to see another character that is so fresh and new to the Batman mythos. The next episode is called Control. It aired on September 21st. Desperate to gain access to the Ion Cortex, after the kidnapping failure of Jason Bird, the League of Assassins instead send one of the specialized members to steal information from Burr's mind. Half-human and half-computer upgrade, the assassin Cypher breaks into Jason's lab and takes over his mind. Batman and Katana try to stop him, but Katana inadvertently allows herself to be captured when she sees Jason being harmed. Now controlling both Jason and Katana, Cypher escapes with Batman in pursuit. Now Batman must not only face Cypher, but his well-trained protege, Katana. Alright, so what do we think of this episode? I thought, this again, was an episode that started out quite strongly. There were, you know, some nice, I thought there were some nice bits in it. Batman training Katana, I thought was quite interesting, and the lessons that he was imparting. I thought that Katana and Jason Burr's relationship, you know, is well done. It was, it was quite funny. Also, as well, you know, Cypher is it was quite creepy. It was quite a dark kind of episode with a lot of shadows. Cypher would kind of scuttle across the ceiling. It was kind of very spider references playing on that that sort of fear that the people have of spiders and I thought that was that was very interesting. I mean I did jump when Jason goes to open the door and it's just at Cypher's two green Ethernet cables, I suppose, for want of a better word, and and they sort of wrap him up, and that did make me jump because I thought it was genuinely Katana at the door. However, I felt the ending was what really let this episode down, and they do the whole kiss, and then Cypher's defeated with the power of love, and it was that's when I just thought, oh for heaven's sake, this is ridiculous. You've gone through this whole episode and you've created this creepy atmosphere, you've made us jump, you know, what we want is kind of something meaty, a bit of really going for it. We've got the potential to, you know, the swapping bodies um, and controlling people, taking control and sort of really testing the, the relationship between Katana and Batman with the fighting and how far they're willing to go to sort of do what they need to do. And then we get the whole, oh... Katana kisses him and then sticks it in the back of the thing and plug port A goes into plug B and then he can't process love or something like that. And I just thought, wow, what a massive, massive letdown this this has become. It just it didn't fit the, what they were going for at the beginning at all. And it really, really just actually slightly ruined it for me. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was probably the most disappointing episode I've seen. You know, it's funny because John mentions all this good stuff that happened at the beginning, which I had mostly forgot about because the ending was so... We're on the same page there. I mean, the ending was just kind of... I never liked these um, emotional solved... I mean, you know, this love or compassion or whatever it's trying to do, conquers all type deal. And... To be honest with you, although I really enjoy almost all the characters in the show so far, Katana's boyfriend here, the 
creator of the Ion Cortex kind of is – I don't really don't like him. I, I thought that the super cheesy making Katana's a fa- face appear on the, w- the windows of the building was – even for a cartoon was impossible and impractical. But I don't know. This one just didn't – this was a, this is a, was a, was a very forgettable episode for me. If and it didn't add a whole lot to the to the ongoing storyline, which has been one something I've really enjoyed about this is the is the kind of long term storytelling we're getting over the arc of the season. I don't know. For me, this episode was kind of a kind of a bust. Yeah, I didn't really like this episode that much either. I thought the idea of Cipher was kind of stupid because they really never explained it other than he somehow had a computer upgrade to his mind. He's half human, half computer. Well, that's great, but it doesn't really explain how he's able to do some of the stuff that he's able to do. Just because he has a computer upgrade doesn't mean he can climb up walls. It doesn't make any sense. So there's a lot of little different holes with this character Cypher. Obviously, this is still a character that's based off of a character from the comics and a completely different interpretation of the character, though. Also, I also didn't like the ending. The, the one thing that I will say I liked about when this episode aired was that same weekend during the DC Nation block, a new short for Super Pets aired, and it was called Secret Origins, where they go through a number of the different characters' origins, and one of the characters was Batcow, and they showed the Secret Origin of Batcow. That was probably the best part about that hour-long DC Nation block. We do have a video of, of Batcow's origin on the website for you guys to check out, as well as our YouTube page if you are wanting to check that out. And in kind of segue into merchandise news, which we'll get to in a second, because we still do have one more episode to talk about, there's a book that was released at the beginning of September that I was unaware of until it actually released, and it's basically an encyclopedia of all of the super pets from the DC Universe, and it's specifically based off of the art from the team behind Tiny Titans, and this DC Nation series of shorts has been doing a bunch of different ones related to Super Pets, and now there's a book that you can get for your kids to introduce them to some of these characters. It's a really good book. I bought it for my son, and it's actually extremely reasonable in price. I I don't want to say cheap, because it's like a hundred and... 40-something pages or something like that, and it only costs like $8. It's a really good encyclopedia for those of you who are trying to get your kids into the DC Universe. All right, so let's move into the final episode, which aired on September 28th. The episode is called Sacrifice. Anarchy returns once again to challenge Batman, but this time his, his plan is far more deadly. Stealing a valuable object from the League of Assassins, Anarchy pins the blame on Batman. At the same time, Anarchy informs Batman that he knows where he can find the League. Although he knows it's a trap, Batman goes with Katana anyway. As it turns out, Anarchy has led Batman, Katana, League leader Lady Shiva, and her ninja assassins to a building that handles rare and deadly diseases. Once inside, Anarchy releases some one of the airborne viruses in the building. Now Batman and the others have to find a way to escape before being killed. One more thing, if the virus gets out, Gotham is doomed. So that was the official synopsis. Now this episode was not <laughs> very close to the synopsis because as it turns out, part of it has to do with Anarchy. He does challenge Batman, but he does steal something from the League of Assassins and basically says, I will give you what I stole... If you go get me this virus out of this building, which happens to be named the CRC, Contagion is part of the name, as we know from the comics. Batman is told by 
the Anarchy, the League of Assassins, are at this place if you want to go get them, because I know you've been searching for them over the last couple guess, weeks or whatever. And the Lady Shiva and two of her assassins go into the, into the disease center to specifically steal a virus for Anarchy. Batman goes there to get the League. It's not the way the synopsis read. So, at the end of the episode, which was probably the more, most interesting thing about this episode, it was revealed that the item that Anarchy stole was actually a capsule that is, in, that is holding the body of Ra's al Ghul. I really, you know, it, it's funny because this episode, you know, again, it's, it's what, what was the point of the episode was to get to, to Ra's al Ghul. But I really like this one. I know that I'm probably being the minority here, but I, I like this episode. I think it was, it was kind of a very fun Again, it's kind of team building. You do have Lady Shiva, who may, plays a major part in this. I, I like Lady Shiva's character, and, and I like and I like the Al Ghuls. So, you know, and plus, I think any of us kind of long term Batman fans, as soon as we saw the kind of hint of the leg there, uh, that that Anarchy had this treasure that the League of Assassins was after, and it was definitely some kind of body or person. I think we all kind of knew early in the episode that that was going to be. You know, Raish coming back. But then throughout the story, you know, we also get to see here this piece where Commissioner Gordon is goes out of his way to save Batman's life and really, you know, goes so far as to call the mayor and stick up for him. So you're starting to see a, a much better relationship here, you know, definitely after the events where he, he helped save Barbara. But I think you're seeing their relationship move forward in this episode. I think we're getting, you know, a real big-time Batman villain, which I know was something they said they weren't going to do in the series, but for whatever reason, either they don't consider Raish a big-time Batman villain or they change their mind. I don't really care because I'm glad he's here. And it's nice to see Anarchy back, although I, I don't, I still don't get the total all-white costume. It's very, you know, bright. But this and, and the, you know, the one of the episodes were, were definitely tied for him, but I really, really enjoyed this episode. I thought this was a good episode, too. It, you know, leading into the idea of it, there being Ra's al Ghul, you know, could they possibly bring him back? Or is he going to be part of the show? You know, that's what's really interesting to me. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming up, but at this point, we'll just have to wait and see. There is one episode that's supposed to air on October 5th, which by, your, by the time you're listening to this, the episode will be that following Saturday, but. That episode is the only episode that we know of that is going to be in October as of right now while we're recording this. So we'll have to wait and see as far as what other plans they have for the actual TV show, whether or not they're going to continue through the month of October or if the show is going to go on hiatus for a short time. That's one of the biggest problems I have with the Cartoon Network and both the Green Lantern series, Young Justice, and now this series is the way they air it. Like, it's so choppy. You get four episodes, you're off for a month. You get five episodes, you're off for – I mean – I really wish they'd just do more of a give us 15 episodes and then take some time off and just kind of chop them up like this. Yeah, or do it like a uh, mid-season finale where it actually has some sort of... You have a feeling of some sort of completeness instead of waiting, you know, possibly another five months before the episode, any more episodes air to wrap up anything that's been happening. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't this be the perfect episode to stop on? Like, ooh, Rachel Gould's back, boom, see you in a month. I mean... All right, so with that, that is all the TV news. We do have videos and screenshots of all the episodes that have aired of Beware the Batman over on the website and on our YouTube page, so you can check those out. But that's going to bring us straight into merchandise news. Get ready for a bigger and better 
Batmobile. But this time, it transforms into the huge Gotham City playset. With nine battle action stations. Stop the runaway subway train. With an action zip line, you're ready to do some damage. And with a battle action ball, you can put criminals in their place. Prime never wins when Batman begins. Transforming Gotham City place at adults assemble batteries and five-inch figures not included. So just a couple of different things to go over as far as merchandise goes. As I mentioned, that book, Super Pets Encyclopedia, released earlier in September, so you can check that out. I, I strongly suggest you check it out. It's, it's something that I bought. It's well worth the amount of money that it cost. As far as DC collectible solicits that they announced for March of 2014, Series 2 of the Batman Arkham Origins action figure line was announced. This will include Firefly, Deadshot, Anarchy, and Deathstroke. They will all be 6.75 inches tall. They also announced that from the pages of Forever Evil, there will be a number of, of the Crime Syndicate action figures that will be released, but in March of 2014, there will be a Owl Man figure. They are going to have a DC Comics Cover Girls Huntress statue, a Batman Black and White statue by Gary Frank, and those are the items that are releasing in March of 2014. Outside of that, there is not really any other news that we have to report, so if you are interested, there are a couple of press releases news bits that we announced related to some fashion and clothes, but nothing merchandise-wise other than that, so check that out. So with that, we're going to get straight into video game news. I've long waited for this moment. <laughs> with your death, I will find peace. Eight assassins after your head. What are you going to do? I'm going to find Black Mask and put an end to this. There's a couple of different things to go over, uh, specifically all related to Batman Arkham Origins, but before we get into that, I do want to remind everybody that Scribble Knots Unmasked is available now. You can check it out basically anywhere that you can buy video games, including online retailers. But uh, it's available for Nintendo, Nintendo Wii and Nintendo DS, so I suggest if you are interested in that, that's also another one of those games, or another one of those items, that if you're interested in getting your kids involved in the DC Universe, I suggest you check that out as well. So let's get into the Batman Arkham Origins news. So as we know, the game is coming out October 25th on PS3 and Xbox 360. In addition to that, uh, there was a number of different things that they released in the month of September. They released a new trailer. It was kind of like a video. It was more of the Deathstroke boss fight. They showed off a video doing all of that. There was a leak of some of the trophies that are going to be coming out that are part of the game. And among them, it mentions that possibly Lady Shiva could be involved in some way, shape, or form in the game. There was a new trailer that details the PS3 exclusive Nightfall pack that you can check out. There was also a trailer that was released for the Deathstroke DLC pack. And then there was the, the biggest other announcement that there was, was that Arkham Origins on September 26th announced that there will be a DLC season pass. Now this is very similar to what they did for... Batman Arkham City in some regards, but this is a little bit more extensive, but they also have 
they did this for Injustice Gods Among Us, where you buy a season pass and you get a number of DLC as time progresses. So part of this season pass will the DLC season pass it will be 19.99 and you will get included in it you will get a the new Millennium skins pack which features a bunch of different of the the, the various different suits that Batman has worn in first appearance 1939 Red Sun Batman Noel the New 52 Blackest Night and the Tim Drake Robin from 2006 to 2008. Also, you will get the Infinite Earths skin pack, which will include Earth 2 Bruce Wayne, The Long Halloween, Earth 2 New Batman, Thrill Killer Batman, Night of the Roundtable Batman, and the classic Tim Drake Robin. You also get the exclusive Gotham by Gaslight Batman skin, Brightest Day Batman skin. You will also get the game that's called Arkham Origins Initiation, which you will be able to play as Bruce Wayne before he becomes Batman and face his final test to prove himself worthy to his great teacher, Karigi. And there will be a all-new story campaign that will also be included. Now, if you order this now, it is a $30 value that you'll get for $19.99, so you'll save $10 if you buy this ahead of time rather than waiting till these uh, avail- these things become available. It might be worth it just for the all-new storyline and the initiation challenge map. I think it's interesting, um, and I'm going to probably purchase this as well. Yeah, I think for $30, what you get is actually uh, an amazing amount of of stuff. It's certainly, I think, well worth the cost. I'll be interested to see what the new storyline is. You get a wealth of skins and things like that. Obviously, you get all the Tim Drake stuff that you did before, which, you know is always good news because frankly who doesn't like running around as Tim Drake and uh, you know I think it, it's it's really um, clever and, and smart bit of marketing you definitely definitely get your money's worth for it I will be purchasing this yeah I'll probably go ahead and get this my only disappointment whenever I see these is when you buy the collector's edition that you have to buy the season pass too I'd like to think that if you were going to drop down the full Monty for the collector's edition they would throw this stuff in but you do get a discount if you buy it together and off the season pass stuff, I'm excited that Lady Shiva, and I talk a lot about Lady Shiva in the past uh, past hour. I'm glad that she's been included as one of the assassins. She is a character that I quite like, so I think it's cool that she's going to be in the game. Be sure to pre-order the game if you haven't done so already, or go to the store the day it comes out. We won't be talking about this game on the next episode just because it will be so close to the time the game actually releases. So most likely what we'll be doing is putting together a special that will release in November talking about the game and how we like the game. So look forward to November, a special for Batman Arkham Origins. So with that, let's get into general news. Circumstances aside, it was kind of enjoyable to be a kid again. I haven't been a kid since I was eight years old. Just one thing to announce. Uh, DC Entertainment announced their plans for New York Comic Con. And among the announcements of the some of the stuff that they're going to be including, Batman Zero Year will have a panel at New York Comic Con and among uh, outside of uh, the comics. Among the exclusives that they will be offering for New York Comic Con, they will have a sp- special giveaways that will include Forever Evil number 1, Batman number 24, and Superman Wonder Woman number 1 variant covers priced at $10 each. DC Collectibles will also be having a DC Nation Super Best Friends Forever Poison Ivy statue that they will be releasing at the convention as well. Also announced was that uh, Warner Brothers Archive or Warner's Ar- Archive Collection will be hosting a Batman Brave and the Bold panel 
in honor of the show being released on Blu-ray in November. So um, if you are headed to New York Comic Con, our own Steve J. Rogers from the website will be there for the Batman Universe, and he'll be getting all the news for the Batman Universe. And if you happen to see Steve, be sure to say hi. With that, so we're going to get straight into our listeners. We have no listener Q&As that were actually posted to the website. Uh, We do have two comments that were posted for us on the Facebook page. The first one we have comes from Adam, and he says, "My, Hey guys, long-time listener, first-time question. My random question is about Ben Affleck as Batman. What would you guys like to see the new suit look like? I personally wouldn't mind seeing something on the lines of Batman Arkham Origins. Alright, so he actually has a picture of something that he, he had in mind that he posted on the Facebook page. So if you'd like to see the picture that he he posted, be sure to head over to the Facebook page or the Facebook group page in order to see the picture. But, uh, you know, whether or not it's Batman Arkham Origins, I don't necessarily think that that's great. I actually didn't have any problems. Uh, there was another comment that we, I believe we talked about in the last episode where... Somebody asked, you know, would you want to see a rubber suit or, or maybe it was just a random comment that somebody made on the Facebook group about they don't want to see a rubber suit. And honestly, I don't really think that the the, the suit that they used in The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises was rubber. I thought that that suit was fine. I thought that that was a really nice suit. Um, whether or not they decide to go on that, I'm sure they won't. They'll do something different. But... Uh, you know, something on the lines of Batman Arkham Origins mixed with the Dark Knight, I wouldn't be opposed to that. It was mentioned in the comments last uh, last month how I'd quite like to see something perhaps influenced by Greg Capullo. I think in the Batsuit that they've, they've been using on the Batman comic series uh, is really nice. I think it looks really good and I'd, I'd quite like to see influences of that brought into into the TV series and kind of maybe a move away from a, a, a step away from the realistic suits that we've seen of of Nolan's back to maybe towards a more comic-y book kind of feel. Yeah, I, John stole my thunder. I, I like to see something from Capullo the New 52 as well. I really like the way that looks on paper. I mean, they're going to have to make some changes for it, I mean, certainly, to to update it, to make it movie quality. But I would like that type of feel, and maybe a little more armored. I mean, if we were to believe what we've heard, that he's going to fight Superman at some point, he's probably going to need a little armor and some tricks up his sleeve. So I think the suit might have to be a little more uh, functional in this uh, installment. All right, and then the other comment that we have on the Facebook group is from Rob's Rogues, and he says, if you're getting the Arkham Origins... What version are you getting, and what for, and for what system? And are you getting the collector's edition? Me, I'm personally getting the PS3, and yes, I'm getting the collector's edition. So I am actually going to be getting the PS3 edition as well, the collector's edition. I pre-ordered mine, and I'm looking forward to that remarkably awesome Joker statue with all of the TV screens. That's what I'm looking forward to. I was going to get the PlayStation 4 version until they announced they're not doing a PlayStation 4 version if if the websites are to be believed. But if they do, I'm hoping that it's going to be on PlayStation Network and I'll get it for a, a PS4 um, and I'll probably pick up the, the collector's statues off eBay, to be honest. I am getting the PlayStation 3 collector's edition. Again, I've already pre-ordered it. 
And it's really not badly priced when you figure out the fact that it includes the Necessary Evil movie in it, which is 20 bucks anyway. So... Uh, yeah, I'm definitely getting the collection edition for PS3. And with that, that is all of our listener Q&A. So I want to remind everybody that if you'd like to have your questions or comments read on the podcast, you do need to send us an email at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net or leave your comments in the comments section below the podcast post over on the website. If you don't send us any comments, we won't have anything to talk about, and you'll just be getting news every single episode. So be sure to send us anything related to any of the subjects that we talk about here on the podcast for the next episode. With that, I want to remind everybody that you can head over to the website for all the latest news related to movies, TV, merchandise, video games, and of course the comics as well. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for all the latest news and videos from the Batman Universe. And you can also join our Facebook group to chat with other Bat fans related to everything within the Batman Universe. You can also... Leave us reviews on iTunes. Those are always greatly appreciated, as well as email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. I do want to take this second just to throw a little call out to anybody out there who is interested in kind of focusing on some of the aspects that we focus here on this podcast. You may have heard on the comic cast that we have been looking for people to review a number of the comics that are released on a monthly basis. But here over on this podcast, we're also looking for people to work for a variety of different areas of the website, specifically uh, related to reviewing some of the Beware the Batman episodes that air obviously once a week, but we're looking for someone to review those episodes. We're also looking for people to possibly review Teen Titans Go. As crazy as it seems, we are going to start doing a little bit more with Teen Titans Go, as well as merchandise reviews we're always looking for people to do all kinds of reviews for any kind of the merchandise that is released whether it be in video form or written form merchandise is always easier in video but i'm sure as john himself has proven in the past it can be done in in written form as well we're also looking for people to do some news related to merchandise we know that uh, the website has not necessarily been super great as far as some of the merchandise news goes, as well as some of the video game news. So if you are interested in possibly becoming staff with the Batman Universe and maintaining some of those areas that we are currently looking for, be sure to send us an email at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net and we will get back to you. We are basically opening this call up to anybody and everybody and... don't sit there and think to yourself, oh, I might be interested in doing some video game news, but I'm sure someone else is going to do it. Because that almost is never the case, and if there is more than one person, that just splits up the the workload for everyone. So I just implore you to help out with the BatmanUniverse.net because the success of the website equals the success and uh, the, the ability for the podcast to succeed as well. So I encourage you to get involved with the BatmanUniverse.net. So with that, that is everything for this episode. This is Dustin. This is John. And this is Ed. You've been listening to the Batman Universe Podcast. We'll see you guys next month. Goodbye. If we don't, if we don't get more comments, we will drown kittens. Jesus. <laughs>
get started, I just want to remind everybody that uh, this podcast is is this podcast is being fail sponsored. Yes. <laughs> this is why Dustin doesn't do voiceover work. Exactly. Kind of in the middle. Of- uh. Ed. Ed. Uh, I think we've lost him. Oh. <laughs> Just in full flow as well. It always seems to happen. Mm. I think it's the pressure. You know, he's gone from his 0.5 episode, nobody listens to that, to this one. He's stepping up and he's, it's just pressure. This would never happen with Melinda. That is true. He's been a terrible replacement, frankly. Although I'm sure Melinda's drink problem will sort itself out, so she can come back next week. So drinking? Yeah, drink problem. She went to a Comic-Con. No, I know. I'm I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I know she went to a comic con. I was just like, what? <laughs> no, that was that was a joke. That was that was yeah. I'm not being serious. <laughs> Melinda genuinely does all the episodes drunk. So it's one in fact. Oh man, I'm back. Okay, all right. Where did I di- where did I disappear at? You disappeared at um, the one thing that I really liked about this episode. Or something on that regards. Okay, I'll just do a little finish there. Um, 